guys, I'm Dr. Molly. And I'm Todd Rowland. And we're excited to share with you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Molly and I co-own Molly's Pampered Paws. Our brand includes mobile and salon grooming and soon to be boarding kennel with doggy daycare. Molly, what are our qualifications to even be doing this podcast? Great question, Todd. So first off, we have had success in growing a brand, growing our business, expanding. We started with one mobile unit back in 2014, and now we're up to six mobile grooming units that just service one city. And then we have a multi-groomer salon um, in a separate area where we actually currently live now. And then we're just about to open um, our first boarding kennel with doggy daycare. So we've seen a lot of what works, a lot of what doesn't work. We've had some heartaches. We've had some great success. And so we're just excited to share that knowledge and give you guys kind of a platform to ask questions and learn information because you'll get the grooming side. There's a bunch of resources, a wealth of knowledge out there uh, as far as that goes online, in person, at these um, grooming schools. You can do the one-on-one now, um, but there's not as much for the business side. And whether you want to be just a manager or a leader in the organization you're at, or whether you just want to have ideas to present to your leadership, or if you want to grow a multi-groomer, multi-function um, business, you know, this will be the place that hopefully we can help you with that. And I come from 17 years of business development, uh, people leadership development, uh, led a team of 90 people in the past. And so we've between both of us, we've really come up with some good ways to, you know, retain staff, recruit the right team members. Uh, Molly, I think you left out a very important part of your our background or your background to bring to this table here. Oh, yeah. So I know when I got started, I knew eventually that I wanted to have employees, have a team, have people that was a positive business experience. When I got started was... I was waiting tables, working on my undergrad, going to school. I wanted to be a high school English teacher. So my undergrad is English. And so I started the business. And then when I realized that I wanted to expand, I wanted to grow and um, just wanted to be successful as a business owner since, you know, over 50% of small businesses fail nowadays, I went back to school. So I went and got my master's in business education with emphasis on corporate training And then after that, I got my doctorate in management in organizational leadership. And I did those things because I wanted to learn how to be a better leader, how to lead a team of individuals, how to lead a group, and then to just grow from there. Because no matter what you know, as far as management and different leadership styles, uh, just different aspects of the business realm, like you can always learn more, you can always improve, like there's always something that I can build on and so that's a big thing for me yeah and and part of getting your doctorate degree is you did a two-year study on oh yeah so my dissertation was on um, employee turnover and job satisfaction in the privately owned pet grooming industries so from there it was a two-year study and did a lot of interviews with participants who were on both sides of the spectrum. They were uh, business managers and owners, and then as well as uh, employees. So we got both sides and both aspects, feedback from both of what they thought, the experiences they had, what contributed to quality of working life, job satisfaction, um, employee turnover, and came up with uh, the end of my dissertation after 
all of the interviews, all of the coding, the employee turnover model. So it's just a two-part model that goes over kind of the negative sides of job dissatisfaction and low quality of working life, and then the positive sides of how to improve that job satisfaction and hopefully retain more employees. Because as we've all seen, especially during COVID, there's a lot of job turnover and a lot of people that are unhappy with their current situations. And so I'm just hoping that I can help the employee as well as help the management owner levels um, just to kind of see and understand all the different aspects that actually go into job satisfaction and quality of working life to build that great team. And one of the things that I really wanted for us to do this podcast was the Facebook groups that are out there for the grooming industry. There are a lot of helpful people in those groups, but there is a lot of misinformation in those groups or people get attacked because they're asking a question we're never going to attack you uh you know my thing is when you know i was leading 90 people is no question is a stupid question um you know people ask a question and they get knocked down for you know you should know this well no that's why they're asking the question so we really just want it to be a safe place for people to come ask questions you know we're going to have a form for that we're going to we have already, you know, our episodes planned out. Uh, we're going to go over boundaries. You know, you get your, you open your own business, whether you're mobile or you've opened a salon and every aunt Karen and uncle Joe you have once you want, you know, you to do their dog and do it for a discount. Yeah. And so we'll talk about like the downside of discounts. Like if you start on a discount, like your time is, um, it's finite. Like you have a limited amount of time. You have a li- limited amount of days in hours and not to mention just time on your body like you do not want to overwork yourself for underpay and so we'll go over things like setting boundaries with people that you know people you love customers like you don't want to like scheduling like you you don't want to be available seven days a week 12 hours a day like and those are just things that I can say from experience when I started I was working seven days a week some days I'd have one dog some days I'd have 10 I didn't want to tell a customer no because I thought I had to have that customer and reality is that's just not how it is if you don't set your boundaries from the beginning that's just going to hurt you and it's going to hurt your customers because it's going to they're going to get used to one thing and then when you switch it's just going to be a lot of heartache so if you just set clear healthy boundaries in the beginning then that's going to help your relationships, your customer relationships, and just like your quality of working life, which is like at the utmost importance right now. We're also going to talk about building relationships with people out in the community, such as your bank. You need to have a banker. Um, Like, you know, a lot of people don't even take cash anymore in their business, so they only take credit cards Um, things like that. And so they have no relationship with their bank. And then when they need funding, they're, you know, we're seeing in the groups, how can I get finance for this $110,000 van? I have $20,000 down. My bank doesn't even understand, you know, why it would cost this much because it's a $40,000 van. And, you know, so you need to build those relationships. You need to get a good, a good attorney. And some people will say, I don't need an attorney. I can get, I can do my LLC myself. Well, that's, that's, that is true. You can do that, but you need an attorney to help guide you through some stuff. You need a good insurance agent. You know, insurance in the grooming industry is crucial, uh, especially if you're in the mobile side of it, because a lot of people do not get their vans or truck and trailers insured properly. We have seen and know people who have been involved in accidents, no fault of their own. And, you know, they built a trailer and it cost them $25,000 to build it. And, you know, they paid 3000 for the actual trailer 
and their insurance company only wants to give them $3,000 and then, you know, a little stipend for some equipment they have, but not the value or the downtime. I mean, are you insured for, if you're an accident and it takes six weeks to get it back, are you insured for that? So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about building relationships with mechanics, how important downtime is. Um, you know, you don't want, you know, it's great if your Uncle Joe is a backyard mechanic, but you know, he can save you $500, but it takes him a whole week to get your vehicle or van fixed. And, you know, you missed out on $3,000 in sales that week. So did you really save 500 or did it cost you $2,500 to have your Uncle Joe do it? Yeah, exactly. We've uh, been lucky. Of We found uh, when I got started my first van, he's an old diesel. We call him OG Bob. And he, you know, I drove him cross country back home and I took him to a diesel mechanic. My dad had referred me to. He had never used, just heard good things about him. And it lucked out. He also did welding. So he helped put my generator on the back. Um, our mobiles are all self-sufficient. We don't hook up to shore power. We don't use customer water or any of that. We brand ourselves as, as like a luxury service. And there's different types of services you can provide. But he helped us in all, all those areas. Anytime I'd have electrical problems, he'd help me troubleshoot. Um, he actually had built a, a trailer for his wife who as a groomer several years ago. So he was kind of familiar with the concept of what we were wanting to do with the van. And so he's been a great resource in his diesel shop. And, and now we have another local shop we use for all our gas vans and um, our generator repair. We use the Honda 7000s. That's more than enough power for AC, dryers, anything you need. But, like, we actually go in, we build those relationships. We do things, like, when, when they work us in, like, that first time, like, you give them that five-star review on all their social media. Praise how good they are. You send lunch for them and their whole team. Like you send them um, thank you, handwritten thank you cards. Like those little bit of things that you can do to build relationships are so crucial for what you need. We'll also go over the different type of scheduling softwares that are out there. Uh, we've used several different softwares. We've found the one that we think is the best fit for our business. It doesn't mean it'll be the best fit for your business. But again, this goes back to the Facebook groups, you know, Someone will ask, hey, I'm getting started out. What softwares, you know, should I use? And then you have 20 people that jump in there and give their opinions about them. But, you know, we're here to tell you these are all the ones we've used. This is what worked for our business. This may work for what your business. Because if you're running a, you know, a, a one-man or woman show and a particular software might work better for you than the software that we're using when we have, you know, right at 10 employees now and across mobile and um, salon. So it's just, you know, the Facebook groups, again, are great, but we're wanting, again, a safe place for you to ask questions and get answers that have either been proven, tried. Um, or just, like, found it in some kind of educational basis that we can find. If not, we'll say, hey, like, this is our experience. This is what we've been through. Or hypothetically, this is what we think. Like, we're never just going to say this is the right way. It's our way or the highway. I mean, I certainly have made my share of mistakes um, and learned things along the way. And such as like OG Bob, he's an old diesel. Like one of my, right after our second date, I um, went to go to work one morning and the van wouldn't start. And then I realized, oh, okay. Like it's because apparently you have to plug the old diesels in so they will start the next morning when it's cold. 
I didn't have my customer's number. All I had was a work number. It was a Saturday. She obviously wasn't at the office. So I had to get in my car, drive 30 minutes, knock on their door. First time I was supposed to groom their dogs ever and be like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't groom your dog today. And by the way, um, can I get a cell phone number? So those are things like you just need to know up front and have like a way to get in touch with your clients and just know the ins and outs of your vehicle. Do some troubleshooting, do a lot of practice dogs before you actually launch. And that's the same as whether you're at a salon, whether you're doing doggy daycare, boarding. Like we're, you know, about to open this boarding kennel doggy daycare. And we obviously have never had a kennel before. So, you know, we're going to slow roll it. We're going to be open a week, then we're going to be closed so we can kind of fix processes and fix, you know, go over with team members like, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Like, what can we do in the future? So we just want to share that with you guys, as well as like hear your experiences, what's worked and not worked for you. We'll be doing team spotlights with our team members. We'll be doing industry spotlights with people in all different pet industries. You know, we'll get the vet side. We'll get pet retail. We'll get um, the nonprofit pet organizations, obviously groomers, um, and just get all the knowledge that we can for you guys as far as the industry, dealing with customers, the business side. And, of course, anything that you guys want to know about. One of the things we'll touch base on, too, is, you know, pricing when you're getting started. Or if you've been in business for five years and you've never increased your pricing and you're, and you're worried your customer is going to leave you, we'll go over that. One of the things that we see uh, locally is, uh, you know, someone new will open up, whether it be in the mobile or the salon. And for some reason, they want to undercut and establish places, prices to try to get customers. Well, number one you know, do your research. Is that place fully booked and not taking new dogs? If so, why would you start off lower than they are? You can probably start off higher than they are because they can't take new customers. So people in the community will pay more to get in somewhere. Um, but I mean, we've seen it all, dealt with it all on that side of things. And we're here to help with that too. Yeah. And not to mention, like if you're going to start a business or move your business or open a business, no matter what it is, reach out to those that are in your com the community you're going to be serving, the business owners that have that same kind of business, whether it be a grooming salon, a boarding kennel, um, a veterinary practice. Like those are people that you want to let know you're coming. And instead of undercutting their prices, find out what their prices are. And like Todd kind of mentioned, charge $5 more, like especially if they're booked and like go ahead and send them flowers when they come and go in person, introduce yourself. Like don't make it seem like your competition, because as we know, there's more than enough pets to go around and there is not enough pet professionals to take care of them. So you don't you want to network and you want to build a team of those even within your community that you can lean on and that. Hopefully, they'll share dogs with you from their overflow when you get started. And then when you get booked and someone else comes, you can share overflow with them. Or, like, you know, the salon down the street might not offer boarding. But now that we do, you know, they may refer, you know, their clients that ask about boarding to us because we give them a very warm welcome to the community, not, like, shun them. And I think this is especially important if you are a one-person show because, you know— it, you will be, you know, especially if you're in a salon by yourself or if you're in a mobile by yourself, you will feel sort of isolated. Yes, it may be nice not working at that corporate salon anymore with all the drama of the employees and all that, but you still want to be able to have a community of people you can bounce ideas off of and keep up with the current price increases, what everybody else is doing. Just be involved in that community. 
Yes, definitely. That is so important. And same with like the community and your team. Like if you have a team and they're working different shifts or they're in different units or like you have some that are in doggy daycare and some that do the boarding kennel, like start group texts with them and group chats to where they can put issues or things that come up or warn you about customers. But they can also share the funny little memes and gifts and things like that that, you know, make you feel like you're working with someone on the day-to-day. They can share pictures. They can just have, like, that great experience and still get to know each other and feel like a team and stuff like that. Well, Molly, I think this pretty much wraps up our intro episode to the podcast, The Business Side of the Pet Industries. Yes, so be sure we're going to try to drop a new episode for you guys every Monday that you can start your week on. Like I said, the topics will vary Um, The guest will vary and then, you know, we'll definitely do question and answer and, you know, things like that that we can bring up that you guys want to hear about, you want to talk about. So thank you. All right, guys. See you next week. See ya.